Hey everyone, welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Eliza Kelly, and today I am here with a very special guest. I am here with a lifelong astrologer and a columnist and an author and a teacher and also a television personality, uh, Rebecca Gordon. It's so nice to meet you here. We've met before once, but we're meeting here like really and under these conditions of this podcast interview. So it's nice for you to be here. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Eliza. <laughs> I am so honored to be here under these conditions. <laughs> under these conditions. The last time that we hung out, I had had three tequila sodas. I remember that night. We, we had a great <laughs> At little least conversation. One of us no, I'm just kidding. I remember everything perfectly clear. <laughs> no, we did have a great conversation. You were very, very sweet to me. And I told you my sun, moon, and rising, and you were like, oh, wow, what a combination. And it made me feel really great. Oh, yeah. I was like, movie star. You, yeah, that's what you said. I'm not going to say it. You said it. <laughs> but All it made me feel bit, Leo. It, yeah. I mean, you know the way to a Leo's heart. So <laughs> especially as a lifelong astrologer and a Leo rising yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so if you wouldn't mind sharing your story with us, how you became all of these things, how what it means to be a lifelong astrologer. Sure. Well, it all started. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, it's funny. I grew up in New York City too. Maybe like like we both did, I believe. Right? Yes. We're both native New Yorkers. So I grew up here, and obviously, you can't see many of the stars. I mean, you see Jupiter sometimes, and you know, some bright stars sometimes in Antares. But I was obsessed, like, with astronomy as a kid, and so much that, like, I asked my parents for all like the astronomy books when I was growing up. So I thought. I kind of wanted to be an astronomer when I grew up. I, of course, you have no idea that astrology is a thing. So I was just a little astronomy geek, kind of like a science geek <laughs> for so long. And um, so my dad's an anthropologist. We traveled a ton after New York. We just like lived in Africa, South America, all these different places. And wherever we went, my jam was, let me just like lay down or look at the stars at night, wherever we were. And learn about them, memorize all the constellations. So I had a pretty good understanding of all of the constellations probably by the age of 14 and without knowing anything about astrology. I mean, I could tell you everything about the moons of Jupiter, you know. Uh, and that's when 14 was a big year for me because that's, well, a lot happened. My mother died that year, but that, that actually... Um, doesn't have much to do with the the next part. The next part is that it was just a big year for so many reasons. We have all these transits then too, but that's that, when yeah, I that was... it's the the progressed lunar opposition too. Exactly, right? so many things and Uranus too. Yeah, everything was heading. So at the age of fourteen, and even a bit before that, I think I had some tarot decks. I probably had the Mother Peace deck at age like twelve or thirteen, you know. And I was getting into all of these things, and that's about the time. Um, I was starting to think that, you know, the old question, why am I here? What is this life about? Is this all there is? And, um, I was babysitting at a neighbor's house across the street, looked on her bookshelf and I saw this word astrology and I thought, <laughs> oh, mm, I said, I like astronomy. Maybe I'll like this because it looks kind of like astronomy. Yes, a very similar word. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, letter different. And um, so, and a uh, letter too. So I picked out the books. And of course, it was the um, dust covered Linda Goodman's Love Signs classic. Classic. You know, 
Um, and I said, wow, okay. Well, like, if this stuff is real, this was my first thought. If this is real, <laughs> it's going to change my life completely. That's so interesting that the qualified aspect of it was if it's real. Did you think if it's not real, <laughs> then like, how how are you contemplating that at that time? Were you were you like doing sort of a check and balance system for yourself of like, is it real? Is it not real? Well, I have way too much of a critical mind sometimes. Like all my planets are conjunct Saturn and Virgo. So anything that's sort of given to me or shown to me, like I have such an inner skeptic. <laughs> and it's funny being an astrologer too, but I'm always questioning things, you know? And my first thought was like, well, okay, I'm obsessed with the planets and I'm obsessed with psychology and metaphysics and all of these things. But I had just, astrology hadn't come into my vision before. And it was hard to sort of fathom that these planets at first were having so much impact on our daily lives. And I'm really glad I started off a little skeptical because it made me thoroughly research everything. And like a good, you know, Mercury, Sun, Saturn, in Virgo, I went to the library the next day and I got every book I could on astrology to see if I could prove it was real or not real and to see what what's the deal with this astrology thing because I knew it was freaking amazing and going to change my life completely if it was. And so I, I didn't say much to the woman that night when she came home and I was leaving her babysitting job. But the next time I read her books again and I was like, that by that time, I had done on my own research, like almost like I think I wrote essays on my own. <laughs> and I, I just by that point, I read her books a lot while the kids were asleep. And I said to her, um, I'm obsessed with this. I'm, I've been reading your books. Like It was like a confession. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> you <know>? so cute. <laughs> and she sat there at the kitchen table with me, just like we are now. And she was sort of like, OK, so I'm an astrologer. Wow. And um, and and uh, it looks like you you really love astrology. And I said, uh, yes. And um, basically, the conversation ended up as we would be meeting weekly and she would become my mentor. And I was just so thrilled walking home that day. I'll never forget the feeling. I got home to my dad's house and I had never been so happy um, that I was going to be studying astrology. And I think I was 14 years old at the time. So throughout all of high school, I studied with her weekly. And then my dad got married to her. What? <laughs> yes, my dad married my neighbor. And so then like my astrology teacher suddenly became my stepmother, which was sort of cool because then it was like, oh, I get a live-in astrology teacher. Wait, 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 wait. We got to slow down. How did that happen? Well, you know, so I'm babysitting at her house. And sometimes my dad's picking me up from the babysitting jobs and they just got to know each other. And that is fascinating. Yeah. So I guess I sort of introduced them in an odd way through the astrology. And, you know, he had to because I was with her so much of the time, he got to know her, I think, as well. And they <laughs> ended up getting married. And <laughs> I mean, they're not married any longer, but we stay in touch. In fact, we were just talking today. Can you share the name of the person who is your astrology sure. mentor? Her name is Marjean, Marjean Van Brunt. And is she still an astrologer now? She is, but she was in like way before the internet, way before social media, she was practicing. So during the time when she was practicing, 
a lot. There wasn't, there's no, there's no artifacts. Like, it's not like you're going to Google her and find this big website because it was sort of before all of that was happening. That is so fascinating. She just didn't really transition it into this age of social media and everything. Okay. Well, where I thought this was going is because I believe, and I might be wrong here, that you also studied with Susan Miller, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought that this was Susan Miller that you were talking about. (laughs) So I was about to be like, this is the biggest tea that we had. This is the hottest mug we have ever served on Stars Like Us. So Susan Miller is not your stepmother. She is not, but I'll tell you, it's a very like, you know how life repeats itself in patterns? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like the exact same story that happened with Susan because this woman lived like across the street from me and a little bit to the left, like two blocks, like across and then two blocks to the left. Okay. Now, fast forward to the year 2004, I'm back in, I'm back in the city here and I was living on the Upper East and Susan Miller was across the street, two blocks to the left. Wow. Okay. Like across, actually a block ahead and two blocks to the left. So she's... I guess three blocks away from me right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, right. So what happened was I met Susan though in 2004 at a conference in, I think, Chicago at an ESAR conference or something. And we had an amazing connection at that time. It was like, I must've been like 24 years old. And um, basically, I mean, that's a whole nother story about when Susan and I met and how that happened. But basically we started studying together too. And she's the one who made me realize it could be a career because prior to that, my stepmother didn't exactly teach me that this could be a career because in her world, it was just something that you do for fun on the side as she was like raising kids and her husband was working and she was just like, yeah, my astrology practice. It wasn't, it wasn't a career thing back then, or maybe it was for some people, but she didn't see it that way. So I always thought it was like a hobby and something we just did for fun every day. So what were you doing in your sort of everyday life prior to, you know, submitting completely to astrology? So many things. I was trying to find myself. Um, I, I went to art school and I was making a lot of like, I was a welder, actually. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was. But this was That's a nice Virgo application. <laughs> I was obsessed with melting metal. Um, but I mean, I couldn't exactly make a career out of that. So I was just taking any jobs. You know, for a while I did um, like waitressing. And after that, I got a job at an art gallery and I was, you know, working there for a while. And then I, I wasn't really happy working at the art gallery, even though I'd went to art school. And I started working as a fashion stylist. And I worked with a lot of brands and fashion after that. So I guess, you know, I had a couple real New Yorky kind of jobs. And then it throughout it all, though, I guess the common thread was that I was just giving readings to anybody and everybody I can get my hands on. It was like, do you want a reading? Do you want a reading? You know? And, were, and you, soon- were you charging for your readings at that point? Or were you just so excited to be able to explore the the charts of these people? Oh, I did hundreds of free, free readings. You have no idea. I mean, and then people started asking me. And that's when it got out of control, I think, in the fashion world when... I started giving readings and they were still free. And then I started getting just too many, too many people asking. And I had to stop giving free readings. And that's when I met Susan. That's around the time I met Susan. That's interesting. And she sort of like, it was a real pivotal moment actually meeting her because at the time, I think I was still on the line of being an artist and welding, working at the gallery and stuff. And she was like, 
oh, I'm going to make my first calendar. Would you like to paint my calendar? And I was like, mm, I don't know, <laughs> you know? And, and then she was like, well, she said, maybe you don't want to be an artist then if you don't want to do that. Because I was like trying to figure out my, what am I here to do? Right. Right. And it ended up um, that I think she was just waiting for me to come around and say astrology. And finally I did. And she was so happy. And she was like, great, let's meet around the corner at the Cafe Effie's. I'll see you tomorrow after the conference. And I met her that day. And basically she's like, kind of telling me, she's like, you're an astrologer. It's time to own it. She was the one that pushed me off the cliff and made me realize that this could be a career. And that was like, just blew my mind. And that was another really happy day going home. And I was like, this, I can do this. This is a career. Oh my God. I had no idea. So totally changed my life. I mean, she was a great mentor to me. My mother was, my stepmother was. So that's why I'm sort of all about mentoring these days. Like I'm really there for people I mentor. I love men. I had amazing mentors. And like every day when I wake up to do readings, i just give gratitude to my mentors. They've helped me so much and they continue to. I still talk to them all the time. So I try to be that for all my students as well. And now and now you're in a position where you have actually some of your students have their own practices, right? You also so Mecca Woods is one of your students, right? Yeah. I mean, I've had many of my students are just like Mecca. Oh, I love Mecca. Yeah. I mean, I love so my students are thriving. Like a few of them are like Mecca Woods, Adam Ellenbus, um, Jennifer Rassiopi, and many, many more. Um, Courtney, Courtney O'Reilly. I love them all and I'm always there for them um, whenever they have questions or business question, astrology question, anything. So we really cultivate relationships and um, and I know many of them have become mentors as well. So we try to pass on the lineage. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I, I love the different, um, I love being able to sort of trace back the lineage of all of the ways that people have studied astrology okay. because I studied with Annabelle and Annabelle studied with Anne, and Anne was receiving information from people decades, decades before. So there's this, it's amazing. So, and then, you know, I have the students that I work with now, and, you know, whether they know it or not, they're part of this like multi generational lineage and way of understanding and exploring and seeing and interpreting really astrology. Um, because astrology is the interpretation of it. It's not the memorization. And I think that that's so much of the way that when we learn how to work with this material, that's how the mentors are so very deeply important. And why for a lot of students who are just trying to become self-taught, which you can totally do, but you there is the loss of sort of I just, you know, the, the verbal wisdom that are things that have been passed down that don't necessarily, you can't really trace it back oh. to a single thing, but it's just knowledge and wisdom that has come from studying in these lineages. Absolutely, Eliza. And I feel like it's not all in books, though. I mean, I, I almost feel like it's not great to be just fully self-taught because most of the gems that I know are not from books. They're from my teachers. I agree my with teachers that completely. that have looked at thousands of charts and who sit with me and they'll, um, we have conversation, deep conversations about these aspects and ways that things work and the nature of the universe and patterns, cycles. 
you would never find any of that in books. So, I mean, I, yeah, I really feel like despite like having access to so much online, there's nothing like studying with a mentor or a teacher. Um, and I feel like, you know, we're in this time where like, oh, people can watch all these YouTube videos and memes and there's so much astrology out there. Like our world is saturated. Yeah, what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great time to be an astrologer, but then we, there, we have these people that are like, figuring they're like thinking oh let me make a big presence on social media and then i'll learn astrology and right right like all these um people that are uh knowing a little bit and talking a lot so i guess it's the the thing and maybe it's a problem when something becomes really popular it's um there's there's so much out there and people are really having to sift through i think customers are you know, people that want to have readings Who's real? Who's not? Yeah. I, well, something talking. that is coming up a lot more and more increasingly in my sessions with clients is this sort of, you know, I always start my sessions by asking, you know, what do you what is your experience with astrology? What do you know about your chart? Um, have you had a session before? And and most of the time people actually have a pretty good understanding or have encountered their personal placements by way of you know, now it's like co-star um, and they have these sort of, I guess, keywords maybe associated with the different planets and the signs, but have no way of really linking them together. So it's these very disparate, like this thing is doing this and this thing is doing this and this thing is doing this, but there's no cohesion and the cohesion is is what it all is all about. I mean, it's creating a story. It's creating, it's figuring out what the relationships between these different energies are. It's not just the regurgitation of an algorithm. Exactly. And no, no algorithm can really do that for you. No, no algorithm is able to really synthesize all the parts. And also then there's the magic of the moment. And I do feel that there's the native intuition of the astrologer who's sitting there with the person and whether it's on the Zoom or phone or in person, there's something in that moment that comes up as well. Right, absolutely. Purely... Because there's so many different ways to enter a birth chart. Mm -hmm. um, how do you usually, when you're doing a session or a reading for someone, how, where do you have an entry point or do you sort of let the experience guide you in? I would say in the beginning of studying, I felt like I had to have such a system and an entry point. But just like people in the world, I think each chart invites a different entry point and invites a different conversation to start with. And each moment is different. Totally. You know, like um, a day when the moon is in Pisces and sun is conjunct Neptune, we might enter a session completely differently if on, on, on another day. And... And also, I think it depends on the chart. Somebody with planets all around the wheel, I'd enter that chart very differently than somebody with an eighth house stallion, right? Like, <laughs> Who has an eighth house stallion? <laughs> Are we talking about somebody in the room? <laughs> you know? Is it my dog, Lucy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's how I feel. Like, like you talk to each person differently, depending on the energy of that person. There is a difference in the way you communicate with different people. You don't say the same exact thing to the to everybody you meet no because that would be weird <laughs> right? and robotic yeah. and definitely not the way of of astrology i mean astrology is storytelling astrology mm -hmm. is using 
a vocabulary and this iconographic, symbolic narrative in order to help guide somebody through the journey of their life. Absolutely. And I would almost say, like, people ask me a lot, oh, can I become an astrologer? Can anybody become an astrologer? I feel that what you said about storytelling is key. And in order to do that, the only necessary thing in becoming a great astrologer, I feel, is being able to have a bit of a creative mind and to be able to think abstractly, Mm. to be able to create metaphor, Mm -hmm. to be able to see what's happening here and to see what would that look like if it was happening on this level or on that level, to be able to think creatively, to be like up with abstraction and be comfortable with that. Um, you can, I mean, somebody can be a great uh, analytical astrologer, maybe if, if it's all fully just facts and there's no creativity. But I think that is what gives the juice in a reading when you're able to take the zoom lens way out. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Right. And you can think of different applications of that, you know, like what would it mean to have Jupiter transiting one's 12th house? You know, there's so many different ways that that can manifest and that that can look and feel. And it's a conversation of sort of with the client and figuring out what is going on because here are some different here are some ways this could be happening right you could be going to rehab right now <laughs> <laughs> you could be developing like the biggest secret life that nobody knows about other than you or you could be having a spiritual awakening you know there's so many different types of um n- nurture variations right the nature and nurture of astrology is very real nurture is is how you are living your life and just by looking at the algorithm of what jupiter transiting one's 12th would be we don't have enough information to really understand you know what does that mean for you as an individual for sure for sure i couldn't agree more it's funny you just said jupiter in the 12th because that was the exact chart I was looking at and discussing today. That always happens. Where And what was going on in there, Jupiter in the 12th? It, yes. And yeah. that literally always happens. In my right. readings, I will have it by the third or fourth reading in the day, which is like, if I'm doing that many readings, I'm totally burnt out by the end of the day. But it'll always be like, okay, and we have a you know it's it's a retrograde day where everybody yes. has their mercury venus and mars in retrograde that yes. always okay i'm or freaking everybody's out about a that. capricorn rising like, or everybody is an aries sun with a virgo moon or everybody's name is carolyn one day or everybody's born on the 12th one day yes or yes, every, everybody has a scorpio moon in the eighth house i mean every day there's these patterns and isn't it just like astounding how that always happens yes I it mean, is it literally always happens and yeah. the last person that i talked to it's like I don't know if it's as fun for them as it is for me to be like I gotta tell you like <laughs> I know I always spill the beans too I'm like, I have to tell them I have to tell them I have yeah. to tell them like you are the sixth person in the past three days who has come to me with a yeah. Taurus rising and then isn't that a symbol for you too like I feel like as an astrologer we're constantly receiving messages from our clients for example if you are yeah if everybody's coming to you with a Taurus rising say, well, what else could this mean? And what does that mean for me? Also, what is the message? 
why is all of this Taurus rising in my life? Right. It's How a, do I need to embody that more? Yes, because it's a symbiotic relationship. You know, when someone chooses to work with an astrologer, it's not just, you know, them arbitrarily picking somebody. There's a there's a connection. There is a psychic connection that has already been created. And by the time that we have that conversation, I also am learning too. And there are so many times when the conversations that I'm having with someone mirror conversations that are existing in my own life. And I'm like, I'm going to keep this to myself, but thank you so much. (laughs) Isn't it true? The clients are sometimes the best teachers. And yeah, I always tell students too, there's enough room in the world for all of you to become astrologers. You know, don't do not. I hate it when people say like, oh, there's so many out there. I can't believe people are saying that now about astrologers, but they are. Students are like worried there's not a place for them. I said, well, you know, you if you are 100% yourself, it is a symbiotic relationship, exactly. You will attract the perfect people for you. They will be attracted to you because you are being you. And right. I think there's somebody for each astrologer. There's a client and a certain kind of person that totally. connects to each unique soul. So as an astrologer-client relationship, it's, I'm, I mean, it's really special. And I think if everybody... And, and as an astrologer, like for the astrologers listening to this podcast, um, even if you, you know, you can read all the books, study the teachers, eventually it has to come back to developing your own voice. And that comes from your own life experience, the wisdom you've garnered and trusting that because that's what will make you a great astrologer. Right. Not doing what all of the books have said and everybody else. It's really trusting your own inner wisdom too. And that's what that's what your clients will really love. That's what makes you unique as an astrologer. We all are translating the stars and planets and we all have a slightly different translation device that's moving through. Right, right, because we've all had different experiences in this world. Yeah. So what was your 12th house Jupiter transit with your client? Oh, well, she had just got, she'd gotten a divorce, yes, after a 10-year marriage and she was having this, intense spiritual awakening and um it was like and it was happening so quickly and it was surprisingly easy for her too she was like and then i keep turning the corner and there's a teacher there to show me this was she a sad rising good question um these were like it was a mini reading um you know she actually she might have been oh you know what it was one of those um she didn't know the time. We're going to do a rectification. So she had a lot of planets in Aquarius. Oh, I see. I see. So it was her 12th. Yeah. yeah. So she was, it was a 12th house transit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Solar chart. Uh, got solar it. chart. Got it. But I do solar charts all the time when we don't have the time and they work so well, you know. We have not talked about solar charts on Stars Like Us. Would you share oh. what a solar chart is? <gasps> okay. I would never do a natal chart reading without doing a solar chart. Okay, because I swear by this. If you're an astrologer and you're a practicing astrologer listening to this and you're just starting or or advanced even, I would just kind of nudge you to try this. Do the solar chart alongside the natal chart. And all a solar chart is basically is, is taking zero degrees of the sun sign, putting on the ascendant and looking at that as, as if it's the natal chart and looking at the transits as well as if they're the transits to that. So, for example, if you're a Leo sun um, and your sun is normally in the fifth house, 
we would do one with your son in the first first house with zero degrees Leo ruling the first house and 30 degrees for each house. Mm -hmm. So the trick is, and I mean, what I generally do is like look at the solar chart, like transiting Jupiter, let's say is in the 12th solar, but it's in, let's say the, um, the fifth natal. So then you would throw both in the soup bowl, turn up the heat and see what they create together. Right. So maybe she's having an affair with her guru. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's totally. very 70s. You know, totally. that's hot. <laughs> right. So, so you, you always have to mix both the solar and the natal and see what they create. Um, and then you get the full story. I think the solar's half the story and the natal's half the story. And when you can mix them, you get the full. Um, that's how I do every reading, my secret sauce. Um, and I always teach that to my students too when they study with me because. The solars are amazing when you don't have a birth time, um, especially with transit work. I combine them a lot. Well, that also, I mean, a solar chart is also em- empowers listeners, I think, to remember that you can read horoscopes for your sun sign. That is also the reminder of that as well, <sighs> because, you know, I'll, Oftentimes people and increasingly more with more astrology literacy are asking, you know, what do I read for my rising or my sun? And I always say both read for both because your rising is going to show you maybe more specifically what is happening. But your your sun sign is going to show you how you feel about it. Your sun sign is going to show you how you're expressing that energy. So it is a combination of reading for your sun and your rising. Yeah, absolutely. And if and I mean, that's how we write horoscopes, too. Like that's when when we write a column for any magazine, basically what we do is we create 12 solar charts. Right. And you just pretend you're looking at the universe through the lens of, of that, the sun. Zo- of that yeah. zodiac. Sign. Yeah. And you're looking at it through the solar lens. And the solar lens is one that is like, I am here and unapologetically and this is the way that I'm going to be illuminating and expressing and radiating Mm -hmm. and even if that isn't you know your solar your solar chart is saying that you are going through a fourth house transit but your natal chart is saying that you're going through a third house transit there's a relationship between those you're you're experiencing your third house transit in a fifth house way because the sun is shining so brightly in that domain that it's still going to be influencing what is practically going on. Yeah, and we can't forget that the sun is the center of the solar system. Okay, so that's why solar charts work so well. Right. right. I mean, there's truly like what celestial body can be more powerful than the sun. The sun is going to block out anything. And that's why eclipses are crazy. The life giver to all, to all. Right. I mean, there's in traditional astrology, there's also there's specific um, terms. There's terminology for when planets are just too close to the sun. They're called combust. It's like, yeah. And then you get Kazemi, which is very special when you're in the heart Mm -hmm. of the sun. Yeah. But when when planets are combust, it's like they aren't even working Mm -hmm. anymore because the sun's just blowing them out. Yeah. For sure. We can't ignore that. And I think people become really, you know, they start to geek out in natal astrology. And I think there's this phase that a lot of astrologers go for through where they sort of like think sun sign astrology is stupid or something yeah, like yeah. that, you know, and in the end, we've all come back around like, wow, actually, sun sign astrology is is can be really profound when you combine it with natal and even on its own. 
Which um, is kind of like the hero's journey in and of itself is like, because the sun represents self. So you kind of have to reject yourself mm. in in this process of first, like, you know, devaluing the sun. And you're like, oh, fuck sun sign astrology. There's so much else. Like, <laughs> look at my Pluto. And then you realize, like, <laughs> sorry, babe, like everyone has your fucking Pluto. Like <laughs> your Pluto is a generational concept right it's totally. like <laughs> i remember those days too totally yeah. i mean i remember being like i'm a pluto girl and then like yeah like i am but i am also a leo and that is my solar energy and what could be more powerful than your solar energy mm-hmm. we had that we all had that pluto phase right i'll never forget like in the late 90s i was like reading jeff green's pluto book and the in the l cafe in, in williamsburg and I was just outlining everything, underlying everything and thinking it's all about Pluto, you know, forget about sun signs and wrote a big piece on it. Looking back on that, I just, it's just like, oh, teenager, you know? Yes. I mean, well, it's very like Hamlet to me. It's very like my life is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. There's so many, there's so many stages goes through as an astrologer and it really humbles you, I think, because you realize you can there's the sky is so vast. The universe is so vast. We're all eternal students. And I mean, I think that's the best part about what we do is that like, there's never a point when you can have total mastery. Nobody ever will because there's so much vastness out there. So many, there's always new planets. There's new patterns to find. So speaking of which, what was your experience practicing astrology pre-Saturn return versus post-Saturn return since you're Hmm. somebody who is on either side of that? I mean, my big moment actually happened, though, in 2005 on an eclipse. I mean, everything happened on a certain eclipse. You talked, you just Same spoke about me. eclipses being powerful. I can link it all back to one specific eclipse. Were you born so, on an eclipse? I was born in an eclipse month. Yeah. So I was born like six days after an eclipse. Yeah. I was also born during an eclipse. <laughs> eclipse yes. babies. <laughs> <laughs> so four people born on an eclipse, and you can see this if the nodes are are very close to your sun. But if you're born during an eclipse, then eclipses, no matter what signs they're in, are going to be fucking with you in a very big way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like post-Saturn return, I just took it a lot more seriously and everything. But eclipse, wow. Eclipses are um, probably my favorite thing to work with in astrology, too. And there was there was this 2005 eclipse 2014. Well, the eclipse, I think, was then 2005 in Libra. It was in the Libra Aries axis, and it was on on my Pluto, but it just it was conjunct Jupiter. So I Jupiter was on my Pluto in the third house. Oh wow! And it was this eclipse with Jupiter, eclipse in Libra conjunct Jupiter on my Pluto, and um, I had just been studying astrology day in and day out, breathing, eating astrology every day. And <clears throat> and suddenly I remember I got this call from and from Alex Gray, the artist, the their center, Cosm Chapel of the Sacred Mirrors. And at the time, you know, I don't know if I was like 24 or 25. And I was just like, they asked me to give a talk. And I had never spoken about astrology anywhere publicly. I just started to, you know, give readings and charge. Um, it was also new. And I was so petrified. So all I knew was like college papers. So I was like, Oh, I have to give a talk. So I did all this research, like you would do when you're in college. I mean, I, that's still <clears throat> how I 
yeah. give workshops. Oh I, I still put presentations together like mm-hmm. I'm in college. Oh my god, but I wrote like four drafts, like a rough draft. And oh, all, all oh that, that's. I mean, all that yellow paper. Are you Virgo Mars? Yeah, no, I have Mars and Cancer, but. I mean, I just went to town on my Saturn in Virgo is just out oh, of yeah, control. I, right. So I mean, <laughs> I did so much research and I was kept consulting my stepmother on. I kept calling her like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I mean, I was so scared and that I'll never forget. I think the talk was the night of the eclipse because it was about the eclipse and all this other stuff. And um, I never given a talk in public. There was like over 70 people in the room and there was all this press in the front row. Wow, and it's it was... a big deal. It's a big deal for a first talk. Oh, yeah, it was Well, crazy. that's very eclipse, right? Because so it's eclipse. so dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> like Jupiter conjunct the eclipse right. and Libra. And it was the, in the days of like those big video cameras. Like they had the old school cameras the press had. It wasn't like iPhones, you know. And it was completely petrifying. There was one point where I actually stopped talking because I just froze up. There were all these eyes on me. I had never done anything public and I was just freaking out. Did you like, imagine the audience naked? No, I wish I'd known that. But there was like this real hippie lady in the back who just kept nodding her head at me. You all oh my, and what a life. That's a guardian angel. Yeah. That I just is legit a guardian angel. I had to angel. just focus on her. I was like, okay, she's, I'm just going to look at her because she knew what I was going through and she just kept like. Wow. So she to- was like in this cycle of sending you positive energy yeah. to keep you going. Thank goodness for her because I finally got to, my voice came back after a long time, after a very, very pregnant silence. And afterwards, I mean, I don't know, it was like a 45 minute to an hour talk. I was so petrified. I was like, let me leave this place. I kind of, I feel like I apologized to Alex and his wife. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't ruin the night. You know, I feel like I was like that. And I just ran downstairs and everybody like stopped me on the way downstairs. They're like, no, come hang out. And I was like, oh gosh. And then Alex came down and they all were like, come back up. And I finally did. And like, I'm really glad I stayed at that party afterwards. So that's because... your Mars and Cancer. That's the Mars and Cancer of like, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, coming back until I'm, I know I'm wanted. <laughs> I'm out of here because I thought, you know, it was like, I really got so nervous. And I was like, they all knew I, I got so nervous in that talk. Aww. But anyway, it came back and literally my whole calendar booked out for like the next few months. Wow. After that, like everybody in the room was booking readings. And I was like, that was the moment I became an astrologer. Like it was, it was crazy. I mean, I did, I didn't expect that at all. But after that, I guess I, and then I made some predictions there and they happened. And then when they happened, so many more people, I was really ballsy as a young astrologer. I just, I love making predictions. I I don't care, you know? And then when they, well, those things happen, people from that talk were all calling me back too. So, um, and that gave me, I guess, a little bit more confidence to, to make other predictions and to say things. So yeah, it was, it was like really jumping in like off the cliff into the fires full on with that, that eclipse. It was intense. So that was, that was probably when everything changed for me. That's so cool. I love that. I love, I love a good eclipse moment. (laughs) Did you have one too? Yeah. I mean, everything is eclipse, 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 eclipse all day long, forever more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm my North node, well, my North Node opposes my Sun exact conjunction, which means I am a South Node Sun conjunction, twenty-five degree Leo. So eclipses are just like it's we're all in. Um, I the most I would say like my the my most memorable eclipse story is actually not even that long ago, and it was twenty sixteen um, at the. 
uh, eclipse on August 18th, 2016, which is also my birthday. So it was an exact eclipse to my own sun south node conjunction. I had been living in Los Angeles for three years. That was when I first started working in astrology. Um, when I started Align, the astrology dating app, and a conversation for a whole other time. And hopefully one day with my former business partner, we would talk about it on the show. Um, but at that point in 2016, astrology was not like it was now. And we were relying on, you know, we were not revenue producing. We were trying to participate in the startup space. Startup spaces need venture capital. <laughs> now there's no there's an endless stream of articles saying why venture capitalists love to invest in astrology, but in 2016, they did not. So we were waiting on this funding to come through. It didn't come through. I had, uh, I mean, a negative in my bank account. I, it was like I was selling furniture to try to keep above a positive balance. Um, I did not feel like I wanted to just get a boring job in LA. I wanted to come home to New York where I'm from. I wanted to be closer to my mom and I left. And I left, I, I made the decision on my birthday. So on the night of the eclipse and I left two weeks later and that was it. And then I came to New York and had no idea what I was gonna do. That negative balance was still there and cobbled together what is now a, a life from that. So, yeah, eclipses can really do it. Amazing. <laughs> such an eclipse story. <laughs> no. Wow. And it was really hard. I mean, it was... You were so ahead of the game with all with that app and everything, though. It's crazy how much happened in the two years following. Yes. It's crazy how much happened two months following me coming back really? to New York. Because then it was November 2016 and Trump won. <laughs> so, you know, who knows if the app had stayed, if we had kept it going on life support for a little longer, if it would have, we would have found the right investors for it. But obviously, you know, I'm much, this is a much better journey for me. Um, I am not a tech person, as I have learned from this experience as well. Uh, you know, like a good Leo. I'm like, I can do anything. I can <laughs> literally do, I can code. <laughs> I, can, I cannot. Uh, I can do fun HTML scrolling from my MySpace days. But past that, I cannot build an app. <laughs> um, so I, you know, it's it's crazy how it's, what is it? It's 2019 now, three years later. Yeah. The world is so hungry for astrology there's no shortage of it everybody is wants to be an astrologer everybody wants to get in on astrology amazon has their curated horoscopes for what you should buy on prime right i've seen that <laughs> i can't believe it oh and it's hard work being writing horoscopes Exhausting. i think people just think that you astrologers just write anything that comes into their mind no I mean, it's painstaking work and it takes a long time. I mean, maybe it takes a long time for me. I've Saturn conjunct all the months, but no, no, no. I mean, I actually, so I was on a flight that was a 13 a hour flight and mm -hmm. I was like, great, I'm going to do the hor the monthly horoscopes, you know, I'll, for a few hours, I'll sleep for the rest. I literally closed my computer as we were like touching down. And so yeah. I have no, I now know that it takes me 13 hours to write the monthly horoscopes. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just because there's three phases to it. First, you have to 
get a sense of the whole month, right? Like, okay, what are the main transits this month and all of that? And then, okay, we're going to pick a few ones out that are key, right? You're in a sun, the full moon, the new moon, whatever, major things. And then see what that means for the sign. Okay. Then translate it to English. <laughs> and then after it's translated to English, actually form like some nice lyrical sentences, something that the person's going to understand. That's not like just like rough translation. Right. So it goes through so many phases. From, oh, and then there's also like the not regurgitating yourself, right? Oh, not like yeah. being keeping things <laughs> new and interesting and not redundant, which is, you know, uh, like that is your the creative mind that you were speaking to earlier. Like you have to come up with so many examples of how these different energies could be playing out and making sure that each horoscope is is refreshing and interesting and challenging and, and ideally thought provoking, perhaps if you are so very lucky to get there. Like mm -hmm. that is really an art. I mean, that is an art even past being an astrologer is being an art, you know, oh, horoscope completely. writing is like an incredible, incredible undertaking. Yeah. And I mean, it's I, absolutely. I mean, I train people in that all of the time. I don't do it much anymore, but I teach it. I used to do it. I, I did my time. I did it for a decade. I did it a lot. I still write occasionally, but it just it takes so much out of me um, to do it. And uh, yeah, I think that a lot what a lot of people do when they start writing is they try to put too much information into one and the real trick to writing horoscopes is just like choose one thing like what's the centerpiece in the middle of the living room what do you want to talk about and just riff on that like you don't need to put all this data into one right I, in my horoscope. earliest horoscopes i i somehow i stumbled upon like an old google doc where i was writing it was like my first two weeks of writing weekly horoscopes for allure and it was so, like so many transits. <laughs> yeah. It was so. We all went through that. <laughs> it was so many transits. And now with my monthlies at Cosmo, which I think are my best work and I love them and read them. And it's it. You're going to see that there is three, maybe four major transits that are highlighted mm -hmm. each month. And that's all you need worry about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're, I'm not like redacting information. It's truly for a monthly horoscope. That's the information you need. Exactly. Like keeping the greatest hits out and letting the rest just be background noise. Right. That's and then not, like we yeah. can talk about that on, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about lunar transits. Like that's just that's your emotions, baby. You know, mm -hmm. that's the ebb and flow of how you feel. That's OK. That's of course, that's going to wax and wane through the month. Duh. Right. Right. And if you've written dailies before, it's like, okay, moon's in Scorpio again today and again. And you have to find something very... Dailies weird. are um, deadly. Yeah, I, I agree. I will not do this. Anymore. Daily, yeah. I it, For any um, major, majorly funded companies out there who are looking for a daily horoscope writer, please be paying your daily horoscope writer like 10 grand a month, minimum, 20, 30 because they need to cover their medical bills <laughs> of pure exhaustion and fatigue. They will not have a life. You're so right. <laughs> Couldn't make them, agree more. Make them the wealthiest person because it is the most grueling work imaginable, writing daily horoscopes. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, I, astrology, horoscope writers need to get paid well, for sure. Even weeklies. Like, it all takes a lot of time. It's much more time than any other research article. Yes, I've that a written, journalist would write. I write so many different styles. I mean, I've, yeah. I've written books, as you have. Mm-hmm. I've written different long, long-form essays on astrology, um, horoscopes, and there is nothing more challenging than horoscopes. For sure. <laughs> this is really good you information for everyone. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Listen up. So, Rebecca, I want to talk about um, your Discover Your Birth Chart class that you are offering because I know so many people are going to be excited and interested in participating in it. So, Discover Your Birth Chart, it's a beginner's astrology course. This is my signature course. It's probably the thing I most love doing every year. It's 12 weeks long, and it's a combination between in-person and online. And there's some people that don't make it either. They're only two in-person sessions. They're in the beginning and the end, and those are also streamed. So it really, you can take it any way you like. But I mean, this is the class that gives you all the fundamentals in an organized way to become an astrologer. And I've been teaching it for 14 years now. Maybe this will be my 15th year, I think. So, and every year we refine it more and more and get the program, tweak it a little bit better as my Virgo son would. So, I mean, I feel like if you've been, you know, reading astrology blogs a lot, researching on your own, if you've been self-studied so many people, this is a course for you. So many people who have been self-studying for a long time or just starting to get into astrology, take it and it really brings it all home and creates a sense of organization. So... After, um, I mean, that course, you will have the skills to uh, understand how to read a basic birth chart. And then, of course, you need to bake. You need to do a lot of practice readings. And we all do that within the class. We do people get into pair groups. They practice on each other. They practice on other people. Um, We spend a whole week on each planet. And it's very thorough in depth. So we have a ton of fun in the class and stay connected even after. It's uh, this year, it's October 3rd. It's always like the beginning of October, usually, or the very end of September. Perfect for the autumn equinox. Yeah. And um, it's like back to school. So, uh, yeah, I've been teaching it in the same fashion, the 12 weeks, like since 2005, I think. So it's, um, it's just grown a lot since then. And now there's an intermediate course, too. And I have a, a medical astrology course also and astrology for entrepreneurs, but this is the one fundamentals course that is like signature I do every year. And I just love teaching it more than anything. Because this is where I see people um, graduate from, alumni graduate from this. Sometimes they go on to do a mentorship or intermediate and can move on to become astrologers afterwards. Like so many professional astrologers started off here. So cool. Yeah, I mean, that is a, an amazing resource that you're offering. And as we've been talking about, there's really nothing like working with the professional and receiving all of the wisdom of years and years and years of empirical data, um, which is so very important and that you're not going to be able to find even on the most comprehensive and thorough websites or books just because they can't, they they can't, you know, that is, that is something that you need to be working with someone to learn. Exactly. And I really like open up to students questions throughout the class too. We all develop relationships and 
I do offer certification when people are fully vested in the course and they do all the work and I can see they're putting in the effort um, that they can be certified too. But to be honest with you, we don't just certify everybody that takes the course, you know, because there has to be a mark of if somebody is not doing the work or, you know, they, they're a lot of, so we're trying to really that narrow. is Saturn coming through. Yeah, that Sun conjunct Saturn <laughs> being like, "Sorry, well, you better work for it." It's true. Like I wouldn't want to graduate. I mean, graduate somebody and put them, trust them out in the world if they haven't really done the work. And totally. Sometimes I'll, you know, we'll do a couple mentor sessions if they need help on different areas. But I stay really connected to my students, and if they want to do the work and commit to it, I really will help um, cultivate them and and really bring out their voice as an astrologer. I guess that's a lot of what I try to do as a mentor is look at their chart and see what kind of astrologer are you and really bring that up to the surface. Because I don't want to create a lot of mini me's, you know? I want to see I want to see your superpower. And so this is my approach. You know, I can teach the fundamentals, but then it becomes actually let's let these channel through your unique being and understand what that looks like perfect and that's completely different for somebody who has like all water in their chart who might be more of an intuitive Intuitive astrologer yeah somebody with a lot of air might be an astrology writer you know somebody with a lot of fire might be more of a coach kind of astrologer yep like like mecca with all her fire she is like a life coach as well for people i feel like Mm -hmm. so i mean it your astrology practice should mirror your chart and your chart ultimately is your business plan too. So well said. Your chart is your business plan. Thank you so very much for for your time this evening, for being so, um, for being such a good mentor to so many people. And I know that so many listeners are going to want to find you. So where can we connect with you? Thank you. Uh, so I, my website is name, Rebecca Gordon, RebeccaGordonAstrology.com. And... You can see the name in the show notes, right? Is that going to be there? Yep. And also Instagram, the same. It's Rebecca at Rebecca Gordon Astrology. Facebook, it's the same at Rebecca Gordon Astrology. But Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is different. It's at My Path Astrology, which was the old name that I created in like, you know, 2004 around the time of MySpace, I think. <laughs> and so that I just kept the Twitter because it was too many characters for the other. Anyway. But that's where you can find me. And if you check out the site, you'll see all of the classes. I also host a lot of free webinars. So you can always pop into one of those too. Yes. And um, you'll be able to find links out to this in the show notes as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation. I loved chatting with you. Thank you, Aliza. Bye.